Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Getting Sexy with Steph. And today I have the absolutely extraordinary, hilarious, super talented Jackie Carlson, confidence and love coach for teen girls and women. So Jackie specializes in body image, anxiety, and brain rewiring. And she also has the most fabulous TikTok ever. For any of you out there who are like, lovers of TikTok talk like me, you will just fall in love with Jackie. We are so lucky to have you here today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. I am so excited to talk to you about all this stuff and your listeners because I have so much great information for all my girls out there struggling with anxiety when it comes to dating. So I'm so excited to do this. Yes. Okay. So exactly what you just said, (laughs) women struggling with dating and anxiety. Yeah. I feel like so many people right now listening are like, uh, yeah, that's me. That's all me. So like, where do we even begin to unpack such a thing that is affecting so many people in the dating verse? (laughs) So if someone is dating and they're like, I wonder if I have anxiety or not, I always say it boils down to this one question. Do you have compulsions? So compulsions meaning I need to check my phone every 10 minutes when I text him and he hasn't responded yet. I need to go on Instagram and see the last time he was active to be able to soothe myself. You know, I need to check his snap score all the time. If you're doing things in this realm, you absolutely have anxiety around dating. So that's how it starts. And then (laughs) when we talk about like the path forward, it's twofold, right? So it's healing your conscious mind and your unconscious mind, especially when we're dealing with compulsions. So I think everyone just thinks to help with anxiety, you need to do um, conscious mind stuff like, you know, talk therapy, which everyone should be doing. But the other part of it is the unconscious brain rewiring. And that's what I'm teaching. Beautiful. Okay. So I love this. And I feel like we're at this like path and there's these two different roads that we are going to, we get to explore them both today. And Let's start with maybe the conscious mind, because that one, I feel like more people are like, yeah, that's, that's the stuff that I, that I actually understand maybe things that they've heard of before. Um, so when you recognize, like you said, okay, I've got anxiety around dating, which I feel like to some extent, it's like, we're just set up for it. Right. So I'm in the dating world as well. And it really is. It's such a fast paced world with dating and swiping and all of the outlets and everything's just really, really fast, which only feeds that compulsion and feeds that anxiety. So if you were to look at that first path of, okay, so now we recognize we're in this umbrella of, I believe I have some anxiety when it comes to dating how can I consciously start to work with this? And so the first thing is I like to reframe something. So the first thing I like to reframe with people is rejection because this is everyone's fear, right? When they're dating a hundred percent, it's, I'm going to show you the real me and you're going to reject me and it's going to hurt. 
So the first thing I say to all my clients is it's not rejection, it's redirection. You weren't meant to be with that person. There is a reason this happened and you have to trust that and you worrying about it is you wishing for something bad to happen because it's out of your control in that way. Oh, let's let that just land for everybody out there. It's not rejection, it's redirection. Yes. Oh, I feel like if we could just all take that into our heart and our soul, we would be healing some of these rejection wounding that we have. Mm, I love that redirection. Part two, I say is learning to trust your body, which, you know, we are not taught growing up. We're always just going into our heads and especially, you know, the girlies with anxiety, we're in our heads all the time. And it's about trusting our body and our gut and our intuition with how you feel about someone. Like, I think one of the biggest things the media has done is convince women that they're crazy for listening to their intuition. And that's wrong. Our intuition is so strong. And when I was single, I had gone through a breakup and I was 29. And one day I woke up and I had this feeling in my bones of, I'm going to meet my husband soon. Like I just knew it. And I remember hiring my first love coach and I was like, Catherine, I just have this feeling that like he's coming. And she was like, see, like, you know, you like, you know, two months later I met him. My body told me, like I knew the whole time. And I remember with her, my work with her was, I'm not sure I'm ready to be married though. And that was the work I had to do around it. But my body was telling me like, it's time. And it's being able to look for those signals and learning how to do that and trusting them. I absolutely love that. And Okay. First of all, that's like an amazing story. (laughs) So hello, women out there dating. When you feel that coming, (laughs) start to trust your intuition. Banked as evidence, banked as proof. Thank you for sharing your story. And for anybody out there listening who, this is kind of a radical concept, right? Like, yeah, I'm in my head all the time because I have anxiety and you want me to listen to my body. And like, what does that even mean? Like, like, I I don't even know how to process what that means. So maybe what's one or two ways that in your experience, in your work with people that, um, that they can start to maybe drop into their body or start to trust their intuition. Because another thing that I also see is like, oh, is that intuition or is that just my mind being crazy? Something that I lead and something that's coming up in my free training is having a conversation with your anxiety. And this sounds like wild to people, right? But it's literally me facilitating with someone like your anxiety has a voice inside of you. And the reason it's coming up is to protect you. Anxiety is not our enemy. It's there because there was a time in your life where you needed to be protected, to survive. So thank God for that anxiety then. And what's happening now is you're just defaulting to it because we haven't given it a new job. 
And that's what, you know, this work is talking to it, seeing what it needs, and then rewiring it. But I always say the first step is having a conversation with it because it will tell you like, and I like, I'm always like, where do you feel it in your body? Where do you feel these horrible feelings? So I was like, in my chest, in my throat, in my gut. And it's like, let's find out what it needs and let's stop making anxiety the enemy because it's not, because it saved your life probably at some point. And everyone forgets that. I love that. And what a beautiful reframe as well, because anxiety is something that's so taboo and like shameful and, you know, take these pills. So it goes away and, and all these different things. So what a beautiful reframe. And, and I mean, I personally love that work as well. And it's so powerful for everybody just to hear that actually anxiety is one of our big protectors and it has been, and can we just consider the possibility that maybe it doesn't need to protect us in this area right now? It's always going to be there, right? We don't yes. get rid of it. We just give it a different job so that it's not in control and leading our love life anymore. And that's the most important thing. And, you know, for women at home who this, you know, they've never heard of anything like this. It's sitting in stillness in your bed at night, dropping in and really just closing your eyes and feeling, okay, imagining myself in an anxious moment, what's coming up in my body? Where is it? Is it in your chest, in your throat, in your stomach? Breathing into that place and saying like, hey, thanks for being here, but like, why are you showing up right now? What is it? What's the reason? And you're gonna hear it. Like you have to be open to it and your anxiety is gonna tell you exactly what it needs. So that's the easiest way to start this whole process. Beautiful. I love that. What a beautiful way for, you know, women who are experiencing this or maybe never even heard of the concept of dropping into their body just to begin. It's like, Let's, let's even see where anxiety is located because I know you've worked with so many women and I have too. And it usually is like throat, chest, gut. hundred <laughs> percent. And then another thing I hear all the time is how do I know the difference between anxiety and excitement or like butterflies in my stomach feel so confusing when I'm going on a date? And I always say this, we're never trying to get rid of butterflies. We're just trying to get them to fly in formation. And so by doing this work, we teach them how to fly in the direction we want them in. But right now when you're battling with anxiety, it feels like they're all over the place and you can't control it. But actually doing this work gives you the tools to teach them how to fly correctly so that you do feel excited about a date, right? This work isn't you feeling lackluster about everything. It's your anxiety changing to excitement. I love that. I just got this beautiful image of, you know, those like butterfly sanctuaries or what I don't know exactly what they're called, butterfly things. And it's like, they all get to fly and be beautiful and be in there and just have that but it is, it's contained and where it's contained, it's, it's safe. There's like a safety there where you get to feel and you get to fly and you get to experience, but you know that you have this containment. Exactly. I mean, I think about it. I used to be a performer for many years and a comedian. And every time I went on stage, 
I would still have that pit in my stomach. And that wasn't a warning sign. That wasn't it telling me, don't do this. That was my body being like, you're alive and this is exciting. And that's the reframe that you learn over time. And that's what we're doing with dating as well. Love that so much. All right. So now if we were to start to maneuver down this second path, like some of these unconscious things, and I actually think that we've kind of touched on some of that. I think that there's probably a little bit of a blend, but I'm curious if there's anything else that you would add to that path as well. Um, The conscious path, I would say just also like taking note of the things you notice, like having a journal when you're doing these exercises, speaking out loud and voice recording yourself. So you can play it back later because you probably won't remember actually, unless you have a coach facilitating it. So I will say to all the girls at home, if you sit in stillness tonight, close your eyes, breathe into a place in your body that feels anxious and ask it what's going on, speak out loud and record yourself so that you can hear it after. And I think that's such an easy digestible first step to this work. Beautiful. Absolutely love it. All right. So in your experience, do you find anxiety coming out um, in any other different areas with dating? Like, you know, you've got like the compulsion and the kind of like the pre-stuff where you're, you're checking everything. Is there anywhere else that you can see, like, this is also a big pattern that I see? There's a big pattern of going through your partner's stuff, I'm noticing. Mm. Temptation to go through their phone, to go through their DMs, like this lack of trust, which comes back to anxiety and typically comes back from someone who was cheated on in the past. And so their brain is wired to not trust anybody. And so even if they're in love, even if this person's doing all the right things, they still have this little voice in the back of their head. That's like, go through his stuff. (laughs) He's in the shower. Look through his texts. Which is not healthy. (laughs) But that impulse is there. Yeah. There's also this impulse or this thing I'm noticing of he doesn't, I fear he doesn't love me as much as I love him. As if it's a competition. And that there is a piece of it that is anxiety, but there is another piece of it that is based in self-love and it's people who don't feel deserving of love. And so they are nitpicking and they're comparing. And that's like a whole different conversation, right? Of like, how do we fill our own cup? How does the person we're with fill their own cup? And then the relationship, right, is the third entity that we're both contributing to, but it's not our job to fulfill each other. And you have to love yourself first. And like, as woo-woo as it sounds, like it's the truth and it's doing that work on you if you want a healthy partnership. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is so, so, so important to, to really feel yourself. And, and like you said, it sounds like, yeah, that's what everybody says. It's a woo thing, like love yourself first. And it really does set a foundation of that worthiness and that deservingness 
to be in that partnership and to be able to show up as you are, because the other side of that, as you mentioned, it's like, oh, I'm getting vulnerable, but uh, maybe I should pull back because it's a little too vulnerable versus if you feel that worth and that love of yourself, what I find is that you begin to trust yourself that no matter what, it's like, I can show up and I can have this open heart and I can be vulnerable. And usually that's going to invite the other person to show up in that way. And also if it doesn't, I trust that I can hold myself through that and that I'll be okay. hundred percent. Like that's a hundred percent on the nose. That's it. It's that like, I know I am worthy of amazing love and that someone's going to accept me as my most authentic, vulnerable, genuine self. So I'm going to keep putting myself out there. And if I get rejected, it just means redirection. And everyone's so scared in the beginning to show that side of them because they feel, oh, it's going to hurt worse if someone rejects me for who I really am in the beginning. But the truth is, and we're seeing this a lot now, is girls are putting on a mask or this perfect persona that only lasts right for a month or six weeks. And then when the real you starts showing, the guy ends it with you because he's like, this isn't the person I signed up for. And you just wasted your own time for six weeks where if you were authentic from the beginning, you wouldn't have moved past the first date with that guy and you could be out with someone else who is a better fit. But the anxiety around not being chosen causes us to put this mask on and pretend to be a perfect person, but you just can't keep it up the rest of your life. No, because eventually life is going to happen. Like you're going to go through like, even just like your monthly cycle and like everything changes week to week, like things are going to happen and the really is going to come out eventually, like that authentic truth. And this isn't like, you need to go and be like, these are all my traumas. This is everything like on a first date, but also being you and being clear about what you want and where you are and what you're looking for and who you are and what you like and what you don't like and what makes you curious. I find that when you can claim and own that, it actually is a really beautiful reframe for anxiety as well, because you're like, this is just who I am. And this is all of me. And I love me. And I'm going to invite you into my world. And if you want a ticket into my world, like, let's give it a shot. 100%. Hundred, hundred, hundred percent. That's it. So something that you were talking about that I was really curious about, and I'm wondering if you could speak to a little bit more is about this thing that you work with, with brain rewiring. Can you tell us more? So the first thing, if anyone has anxiety here and is listening, I want you to say right now out loud, it's not me. It's just my brain. It's not me. It's just my brain. Okay, because you are not forcing yourself to feel compulsions. Your brain is your brain. And it's doing that because right now it's wired to default that way. Because as we talked before, it protected you at some point. And now this is the mode that it's in. So here's the thing about compulsions. 
So every time you give into a compulsion, so for example, anytime you compulsively check your phone, waiting for someone to text you back, you reinforce the pattern and you make that bully in your brain stronger and stronger and stronger, which makes it harder and harder to stop doing. So what we teach are ways to break the pattern of what you're doing to distract that big bully in your brain in a way that it's not prepared to be distracted so that you don't choose the compulsion. And what happens is if you do this enough time, it systematically rewires the default in about six weeks. So it does not take long at all. So think of it this way, any habit creates a tighter neural network in your brain. So like we see this with piano players or cab drivers who are navigating. Something else turns on their brain because it's the habit they're going into. It's almost like autopilot. And that's what's happening with, you know, the compulsion to keep checking your phone. It's creating a bully. So there are multiple exercises you can do at home to totally just rewire this and choose a different path. And I can teach you one right now if you're interested. Yes, yes, yes. I was just going to say, I know that you have like an amazing course on this and I'm personally like, okay, you have to at least like, give me like something here. Cause I'm so curious about this whole concept of rewiring in six weeks. And, you know, from my brain automatically flipped into this like neuroscience. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Because you're literally rewiring your nervous system. So yeah. Could you share with us just like one or two steps? Oh, for anyone listening at home and for you, Steph, if you can grab something that you can have an easy time throwing from hand to hand, that isn't your phone. Trust me on that. (laughs) Perfect. I have an essential oil (laughs) bottle closed, but it was the first thing that I could grab. (laughs) What you want to do is grab an object that you feel comfortable tossing back and forth. So I have like a little therapy plus, you know, tiny ball, like squeeze ball, anything works. People use their AirPod cases. You can use your keys, whatever. You got some essential oils, right? I have like an essential oil bottle. I was like making sure that the cap is like screwed on really tight, but it was the first (laughs) thing sitting right in front of me. (laughs) Yeah. You're going to be like, you're like, wait, patchouli leaked all over my body. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So as we talked about before, right, there's this big bully in your brain. And what we're doing is we're interrupting when your anxiety gets triggered. So anxiety only happens in the right side of your brain. So this is something called bilateral stimulation. This stimulates both the left and right sides of the brain, which confuses your anxiety. So right now, Steph, if you would, for me, I'd like you to close your eyes if it feels safe to do so. And I want, (laughs) and I want you on a scale of one to 10 to call in the feeling of anxiety at about a level five. So something that makes you anxious at a level five. So not too intense. Let me know when you have, I got it. it. I got it. (laughs) And what number is it at? 
Um, it could definitely teeter between like five, but really it's probably like a six. <laughs> so we're right there in that range. Okay. So if it's a five or six, do me a favor and crank it up to a seven. Ugh. <laughs> I know. I know. I feel that like move straight from the gut through the heart up to my throat. <laughs> okay. So open your eyes and follow me. So take the ball, the essential oil in your right hand and start passing it back and forth in front of your chest. Keep going back and forth. And the reason this works is it's breaking the pattern of the anxiety in your brain because we're stimulating both sides of the brain. And now that anxiety you had can't keep itself together anymore. So when you stop, take a deep breath. Where's the anxiety now on the scale from one to 10? Like a non-existent, maybe one. It's like, I can't even remember what I what I was thinking about. Oh my gosh. <laughs> exactly. So this is the simplest way that I teach everyone their first brain rewiring step. Because you can do it anywhere when you feel anxiety come on, right? You can do it with your keys. If you're in the mall, you can do it at home. Wherever it is, it works. It also tells us something else really important that's hard for people to accept. So when you told me your anxiety was at a five or a six, I said, can you crank it up to a seven? And you said, yes, which proves to me and you that you're in control of your anxiety. <laughs> okay. That's really sneaky and so true. <laughs> and I do a lot of work with anxiety and nobody's ever called me out like that. So thank you. <laughs> I want to say like, I know that it doesn't feel like you're in control when it's happening. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. And I totally empathize with that. And I, I know that I know emotions feel so, so, so overwhelming especially with anxiety, but you are in control of it. And that should bring you some relief because that means, you know, you can rewire it and you don't have to live panicking, catastrophizing or anxious all the time anymore. So anytime I will say, you know, if you're listening right now, anytime you recognize an anxious compulsion coming up for you for the next six weeks, I want you to grab something and pass it back and forth in front of your chest for, you know, a minute, two minutes, and it's going to break the bully down and slowly it's going to make that bully way, way, way less intense. And it's so easy. I feel like my mind is just blown right now. And I am positive that there are so many people out there that are like, all right, what am I going to carry around every day now and do this? What a beautiful tool that you just gave us. And especially, you know, women who are dating, who are experiencing this anxiety. It's like, I want to check. I want to check the Instagram again. I want to see who he's liked and all these different things. It's like, okay, let me grab my, you know, crystal, my ball, whatever, my keys and do this little activity. And I will say that even just experiencing that myself, it's like, oh, that was really like, it's such a helpful tool. So 
I love that. I love that uh, pause, that reframe, and then that tangible tool that, that we can have when anxiety creeps up. And my anxiety situation had actually nothing to do with dating, but I'm like, okay, so this actually works even broader as well. I mean, we compare it a lot to women who feel like they still have to stalk their ex after they've like mm. broken up with them <laughs> and go to like their social media a lot. And yeah. I say to them, like, each time you go to their Instagram page to check what they're doing, it's like taking a hit, like literally, right? Like maybe for one second, it feels good, but it just makes it that much harder to quit them in the long run. And like the best thing I say when you end a relationship with someone is block them on everything because take away the temptation for yourself. And if you can't do some bilateral stimulation before you go and look to protect yourself and bilateral stimulation works with any compulsion, not just anxiety. So if you're a smoker and you're trying to quit smoking, if you're a binge eater, we do this a lot in my body image work. It's breaking the pattern because it's your brain that's making you do it. So you can use this tool in so many ways. Beautiful. I know that the version of myself seven years ago that went through a breakup and I was so that person that like every day I just had to get on and see who was commenting, who was liking, like I would go to the tags, like, is anybody tagging him? I did all of the shit that we do. And yeah, this would have been very helpful to have somebody be like, here's two things, block bilateral stimulation to, to help rewire. And, and also giving that frame of reference that like, give yourself six weeks of doing this and you're going to notice a huge difference. Six weeks to change the rest of your life, but understanding Mm -hmm. that if you give into it, right, you're making the compulsion stronger. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. And I know that you mentioned that you have a program coming out, um, soon and are there more techniques like this? Can you tell us a little bit more about this program that you have? So I have four programs coming out at the end of February. (laughs) Yes. Dating with anxiety, the free beginner edition, which is a three day program. And then I have dating with anxiety, a 10 day program, which is more advanced. And same with um, healing your body image. And these contain multiple different ways to rewire your brain. So like bilateral stimulation, right? But I have about five or six more other ones. It's also me explaining how this works and me leading your conscious mind through those exercises as well that we discussed before of talking to your anxiety, finding out what it wants, giving it a new job, things like that. You'll get cheat sheets to like put on your door, a checklist before you leave on a date so that you're like showing up as your most magnetic, energized self. So if you find me on TikTok or Instagram at Confident Girl Hotline, I have a little link tree and you can sign up to get on the wait list for those because they will literally change your life. I have no doubt about it. And I (laughs) honestly think that every single woman who is out there dating 
need this in their life. I mean, I feel like I'm a pretty resourced and grounded person, especially with dating. And I'm like, Ooh, what more can I learn? I'm so excited to like find out more as well. And so I just think that these will be so helpful and beneficial in helping women to resource that anxiety. And like you said, create this containment. So these butterflies and that excitement and the joy and the fun and the pleasure and all of the yumminess of dating can start to come through versus that those butterflies that are just everywhere and you feel like you're completely out of control. So the only way that you can get control is by doing the things that actually make it worse. Right. Exactly. And your whole life is going to change, you know, once people do the work and do these things and it's totally going to change the experience of dating, the experience of being vulnerable and change those anxious butterflies into excited ones because dating is supposed to be fun. Like it's literally, you should be having fun. You shouldn't feel like you're torturing yourself. Oh, I love that too. I love that reframe because I hear all the time that people who are like, dating's horrible, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, this actually, your work helps to tangibly like make a difference and reframe it too. It gets to be fun. And here's how, because we can see the different ways it shows up that maybe art is fun. Let's reframe them. So now you can and it can be exciting and you can be very clear about what you're looking for and who you are and how you show up. And that alone is magnetic enough for you to find the person or the person to find you that is that good match that only helps amplify the butterflies in like that containment and the excitement and that joy of partnership. Correct. And once you do this work and your default is no longer anxiety, your anxiety is only going to come up when it actually needs to warn you about something and not all the time. So if you are going on a date with someone who, you know, might be toxic or a bad guy and you start having those feelings after you've done those work, this work, you can trust those feelings finally and be like, oh man, my body's telling me something. Whereas right now you can't trust it because it just tells you that all the time. Oh, this is invaluable. Thank you so much. I mean, this is like the million dollar secrets of dating here. (laughs) We are so lucky to have you on here explaining these things, teaching us these techniques and for your courses to be out in this world. Like I said, I truly think that every single woman who is out in the dating world needs these. I work with a lot of women and these are the exact things that I hear come up with dating as I'm sure you do as well. So number one, like you're not alone if you feel anxious or if any of this comes up or you're like, shoot, I'm sort of that person that they just described. Great. You're just normal. This isn't, you know, you're part of a group of people that are like, having these, these same experiences and you Jackie get to provide the tools so that now women can come in their most empowered selves, reframe anxiety. And I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you for having me. And like, 
just to reiterate, like you are not alone. If you look on my TikTok at my videos talking about this, it is thousands of comments of women saying, help me, please. This is me. I have thousands of women signed up on the wait list for these programs because you are not alone. This is something that's happening to everyone right now. So you're not crazy. And remember, it's not you, it's your brain. And on that note, <laughs> thank you so much again for being here. I'm going to put in the notes where you can find Jackie, get on her list, get these programs, change your whole life and get in the partnership of your dreams. Yes. <laughs> From an empowered place. <laughs> Let's and have fun dating. Yes. <laughs> have fun, please. Life is too short. Way too short. Oh, I love it. Mm, thank you so much again. And thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in today. And I will see you for our next episode.